I'm sick of it. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of this. Of what? Health. Health. I'm sick of health. Sick of health. Hello, and welcome back to episode two, season three, the Sick of Health podcast. As always, I'm joined by Dr. David Wright and Rob Littlewood. How are we doing, lads? I'm good. Good, thanks, mate. Yeah, great. Yeah. Lovely to be back. Lovely, lovely. Good to be back for episode two. We made it through. I'll, um, I should, we should say at this point, the, the way we're recording the episodes means that we are recording episode two before episode one goes out. So if the, the correspondence that I'm sure will come in from episode one, we will reply to in episode three. I thought it was worth pointing that out because I don't want people to think we're ignoring them because that is definitely not the case. But updates, lads, I think, David, you got a, uh, something, well, not something to tell us, but it was the day after the last episode, you got your, you had your surgery, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I had my ankle ligament reconstructed after a pretty nasty football injury two years ago. I've been waiting for it for a while, and coronavirus has that put back all the surgeries. Yeah, it took a little bit, but had it the day after we recorded the last one, just had my stitches out today, and it's all healing all right. Yeah, it's been, I haven't slept too much over the last two weeks because of the pain and wearing a boot to bed. It's not ideal. It's been a lot harder than I actually thought it would be, but mm. it's getting better. Tell so. me about the science. The science. <laughs> so, That's what I want to know. Yeah, what do they do? Do they? So I had a lot of different things wrong with it. They, I sprained the tendon, so it was, well, I'd sprained it multiple times playing football, but I had a big one where I was kind of kicked out and, um, yeah, they had to kind of reattach the ligament back to the bone. And then as it's been so long, there's a lot of inflammation and that inflammation had caused the bone to grow in different places. So they had to shave off these bony spurs. Wow. And then... What yeah, do they, they use all... to shave off bony spurs? I'm imagining like a cheese grater. <laughs> no, oh. I, think it's, I think it's more like, um, I don't know, a metal cutter or like a whirly thing rather than a grating thing. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't do surgery. Good to, know, good to know, David doesn't always know the scientific terms too, eh? Yeah. yeah. I think your whirly thing is a very Joeism. I like it. Yeah. I'm so glad I asked. Mm, nice. But, but it's so good news then. The, the pro football career is back on track and you'll be back at it. Yeah. I'll be ready for next season, I think. Bit yeah. of pre-season training still, yeah. What is it? Is the, the five-a-side team must have been missing you. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't think it happened just because of coronavirus. So oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that's that's got away that's, with it that's two mentions there yeah that's, sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> the disease that must not be named they yeah. nice for the rest of the episode <laughs> in um in which case i'll move swiftly on so before we um before we jump into this week's topic i've got a little a uh, little bit of content that links to last week to last week we talked about sperm count and uh it was research led by dr shanna swan if you guys remember hopefully um, mm -hmm. Well, on her Instagram, she's actually fairly active on Instagram, um, she released a bit of content called the Jizz Quiz. And I thought it would be, <laughs> thought be highly relevant if I um, pick out a few of the questions. and Because and, most of it was covered last week, actually. We did a good job, David. You'll be glad to hear. So I'll test, test your knowledge and see if you, both of you what you remember last week. So question one of the Jizz Quiz as far as sperm go, which of the following can contribute to whether a man is likely to be considered infertile? A, sperm concentration. B, size and shape of sperm. C, the way sperm moves or motility. Or D, all of the above. 
like we can do this like who wants to be a millionaire yeah i'll tell you what it's who wants to be a millionaire rob you can do phone a friend which will be david or you can do 50 50 okay so falls in my court um (laughs) (laughs) that's That's a hundred last week (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think it's c it is in fact d all of the above is it all of them yeah i wasn't listening sorry (laughs) question question two this was an interesting one because we didn't use this term does the size of my taint matter do you know what taint is i didn't know what taint was yeah it ain't the balls and it ain't the anus so it taint either i think that's where it comes from isn't it actually that's what i heard yeah uh, part of a group appreciation society university Um, <laughs> interesting um, but it's the gooch right or, or the AGD yeah so Rob is is does the size of your AGD <laughs> Me again. matter yeah yeah uh, yeah it does it does correct see, see it was only um, 40% of her followers answered yes to that interestingly so I'm glad we debugged that one um, and then question three we did ask this one actually what proportion of infertility causes can be attributed solely to the man so when the couples can't make a baby, when it, how often is it the bloke's fault? Uh, a, less than 10%. B, 11 to 24%. C, 25 to 33%. Or D, 34 to 45%. Remember, you've still got all your lifelines intact. Yeah, that's true. I, so I remember that it was, according to those figures, it was more likely the women. But I don't, I don't remember the specifics on that one. So I'm going to phone David here. Yes, put it on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a clue. It was me who dropped the stat in. Yeah, so. that was not my bit of research. That was yours. No, I really and I clearly wasn't I listening. Have, I should have it's, played that game better, I mean, shouldn't I, guys? I should have gone 50 50 first. Loved yeah. it. And then, well, yeah, sorry. You just about lost that. your chance at a million pounds. So I like you. Uh, um, it was, a, I said a third in the episode. She's quoted here as 25 to 33%. So yes, Rob, you're right. It's more more often cases the woman. And the last one I'm going to do from hers because I thought it was interesting because we didn't cover this. So this is not a test. Uh, the question is: Can uh, testosterone replacement therapy, or it's a statement, and you're saying true or false? Testosterone replacement therapy can increase sperm count in men with low testosterone levels. Because one of the things we talked about was the plastics, right, and how it can decrease testosterone levels. So logic jump might be. Use testosterone imagine, yes. replacement therapy. So David's answer is yes. Rob? Yes. So her her followers gave it 56% true. They both said yes, but the answer is, in fact, no. Right. Um, so the example she gives, when a man wears a testosterone patch or applies a testosterone gel to his skin, the hormone enters his bloodstream and his testosterone levels go up. So far, good, right? Question mark. Problem is, in his in his brain, his brain interprets this rise as a sign that plenty of testosterone is available and so sends signals to the testicles to stop making more. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, there's, there's more questions, but I think we'll leave it there. But if anyone's interested, mm-hmm. check out uh, Shanna Swan's Instagram account. Um, she's a fan of the podcast, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, yeah, finish it off. But good work, chaps. I finish it off. Uh, she actually had some things at the end for based on your score, what you were called. It was like, but I'll give you both jizz whizzes. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's pretty witty. Uh, pretty witty. I'll share this one. Okay. Um, so today's topic is chimeras. Any any idea on that term, Rob? 
straight off the bat? I feel like it's a virus of some kind, um, some kind of mutation. It, the reason I say that is embarrassing. Um, it's because it's the name of the enemy in that first ever game that was released on PlayStation where there's a load of mutants running around England and you've got to nah, protect humanity. That's pretty good. It doesn't matter where you get your reference material from. Because, <laughs> I mean, the origin of the word chimera is from not Greek mythology, but like um, Homer's Odyssey, when they, he talked about, um, he talked about, I'm jumping the gun, it's like David, aren't I? But when he talked about an animal <laughs> that was half lion, half goat, and half, well, I guess not half, third lion, uh... third goat, third snake. Um, but David, do you want to give us the official what chimera is? Yeah, so yeah, I think it's in a few bits of um, pop culture. It's also Mission Impossible 2, I think. It's like a virus that's going to kill everyone. But that's because it's a mixed virus. So what it actually is, is um, something with two different genomes in the same organism. So that's probably why it gets confused in little bits of pop culture. So a good way to describe this, that we were talking about it before, is um, getting a difference between what a chimera is and a hybrid. So mules are a hybrid between a horse and a donkey so if you mix if a horse and a donkey mate with each other uh, then you get a mule and if you imagine the horse's dna is black donkeys is white then the mules is mixed together is gray whereas a chimera rather than having two different bits of dna two genomes coming together to make one mix of the two it's actually the two stay the same so in the offspring or in in the organism, you'll have both black and white DNA strands in there rather than mixed together is great. So that's probably the simplest way of explaining it. There's, uh, there's cool examples of it, isn't there? Uh, like natural examples. Yeah, really cool natural examples. So yeah, this is fascinating actually researching because it occurs naturally in pregnancies and in a lot of pregnancies start off as twins and then one of the zygotes so once the egg has been fertilized with a sperm it becomes a zygote so quite often two of them get um, fertilized together and one dies and then the one that survives uh, takes on some of the cells from the one that died so then you get a chimera of a person or whatever it is that's being born because it's two distinct different genomes so you'll have your twin siblings genome in your own one and this happens in humans so quite often you can have um, other people's DNA inside your own one. So it, it goes unnoticed quite often, but you can get blood tests and you get two different um, blood types come up because you've got your main one and then plus this chimera that's in there as well. And you can sometimes have different patches, colored skin from this different chimera or different kind of hair texture. Or mm. you can also fail the uh, paternity tests because of it because <laughs> you've got someone else's DNA inside of yours. Well, not inside your DNA, but inside your yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a cool, like, um, in the animal world, examples of it as well, where it's kind of more obvious. Um, I think they called them bilateral ge genomorphs, something like that, where one, where it's literally... That was <laughs> too much of a mouthful for Mission Impossible 2, I think. They probably considered that as well. Tom Cruise was like, nah, the... sorry. No, you got to stop the bilateral genomorphs. <laughs> Oh, it sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah. Um, but it's literally, yeah, where the, the, um, you almost get 
so like david says it, normally you combine like the male and female will combine dna and you get if it's a white and a black you get a gray mix whereas in these cases you get one half is male the other half is female and there's um there's a bird called the northern cardinal where the I can't remember which way around it is, but let's go with the, the females like bright red and the males gray. So you've then got this bird that is like split down the middle, gray on one side, red on the other side. It looks it looks mad. It's wow, really that's pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah. So I guess we've said how it naturally occurs, but just to briefly do a bit of history on it. So I mean, the the idea of it has been around for a long time. Obviously, kind of we said the Homer reference, but then in the natural agricultural world. There's, um, I mean, there's different names for it, isn't there, David? But the idea of combining two different types of fruit, for instance, in the same yeah, kind grafting. of way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's been done for a while, since the 16th century of grafting. It was discovered by an Italian guy where he saw just uh, one shoot grow up in between two different uh, citrus plants. And then this one that came up was a chimera of the other two. And then from that... People have been doing it on purpose and kind of crafting different species onto other ones to kind of get mixtures that are beneficial from both. And you use it like I've heard the example. So if one plant has really grows really good roots or something, so yeah. if you can grow a plant that wouldn't necessarily normally work in arid conditions, maybe, but you slap on some roots from another plant and then it does kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty cool. And so you can get the idea of where this, where humans started to think about this and how this could be useful. So it moved from agriculture around in 1980, 1980s. We first started thinking about kind of trying to do it. So we've talked about the ways it happens naturally, but trying to do it artificially. Um, so the first example we I found of this was between two types of mice, um, and trying to combine aspects of two different types of mice. Um, and they initially, it was kind of interesting why they did it. Initially, they did this to try and map the, the cell evolution from embryo to baby to see what happens, what grows where and why and what genes it's related to um, and identify the roles of certain genes. They also said the woman, this was slightly a few years later, but um, the woman who was conducting the research also said, and I thought this was interesting, they were looking at using it to try and um, implant cells of extinct animals into living animals to see if they could almost wow. bring them back to life in certain ways, but interesting mm. stuff. Um, so yeah, it started, that's where it started in terms of us testing it in labs on animals. But then of course, humans being humans, the idea progresses um, to trying to do it in humans themselves or combine humans with other animals or animals with humans, depending on which way you want to look at it. And that is what brings us to today I guess, because there's a study come out recently um, about making human monkey chimeras in the lab. Um, that's right, and David. Yeah, yeah. So this has been a fairly groundbreaking study in the last few months. I think the paper came out at the beginning of this year. And yeah, it's the first time that a human monkey chimera embryo was developed. So they took, the aim was to see how cells communicate with each other with the aim to kind of transfer that technology into pigs. But they were taking, they took uh, human stem cells. So stem cells are undifferentiated cells that you, again, happen early in development and they can change into lots of different types of cells throughout the body. So they took some of them and then put them into a blastocyst, which is a few days old embryo of a monkey. 
and then they let them kind of develop a little bit to see whether you could actually create this chimera and it survived. So they let it grow up for 19 days before destroying them and at least three of the embryos survived. So they showed that you can actually create uh, monkey human chimeras. So it was a first of its kind and experiment. destroyed the embryos or they've yeah. let these... Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, they destroyed them. Yeah, I was just thinking days. that's quite a harsh term to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where this differs because obviously, um, regular regular users will probably draw some similarities to the CRISPR twins idea, um, Mm. which is it's fundamentally different, but obviously there's some similarities in terms of messing with the DNA. Um, But in the CRISPR twins, they obviously let those embryos grow inside the womb and then be born into children so this hasn't quite gone that far they destroyed it was 19 days i think they destroyed them mm-hmm. chris the twins were superhumans and these ones were <laughs> basically planet of the apes yeah <laughs> pretty much it's a beautiful yeah. way of putting it i must say <laughs> um but yeah, yeah super super interesting study obviously raises a lot of questions i think yeah um but let's let's think about before we get into those i guess think about why we're doing these types of studies and what the end goal might be i mean i guess we've hinted to a couple of things there but do you have any thoughts on why we're doing them just pure curiosity i'm not sure uh, yeah. yeah well human human this curiosity is, is kind of a, this is one of those things where like you know are humans too curious and taking it too far kind of thing um, yeah, but they always have to have some sort of rationale. And yeah, they've, they've kind of yeah, especially against the monkeys. Um, okay, so why they're doing it? So one of the reasons that is quoted for doing it is for the creation. This is in, in they're not at this point yet, obviously, but this is one of the things they're looking at is creation of organs for, for transplant. Uh, so the idea here is that so they're doing the research on monkeys because. It, the more genetically similar, the easier it is to do. So they've tried to do this with pigs and they couldn't do it. So they're now doing it in monkeys to try and understand the process more so that they can then try and do it in pigs. The reason for pigs being that pigs have similar sized organs to humans. And the idea is then that they, the way they do the genetic modification is that a pig will grow and one of their organs will actually be a human kidney or a human whatever it may be and then the idea being that the animal gets to a certain age or size and then you i mean there's no nice way of putting it slaughter the animal and harvest the organ for human transplant is essentially the idea that's right isn't it david yeah 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 exactly so yeah they they would delete the genes that express that organ in the pig so say it was for a pancreas they were using a technology like crispr delete the all the essential genes in the pig to create the pancreas, then add in the human stem cells, and then they would plug in the gaps. So then you create a human pancreas within the pig. And then once that pig grows the term and it has a human-sized human pancreas within it, then yeah, as Joe said, you would harvest it and then use it for transplantation. Mm-hmm. But there is a risk with that because the stem cells can start contributing towards other things as well just because you've deleted the pancreas this is one of the problems they've come across and they're trying to solve with the monkeys is that yeah you the just because you've deleted one and it fills in that gap it can also contribute to other organs as well so you might get some human cells within the heart or within the liver or within the brain even mm-hmm. wow there's, there's, yeah there's multiple things multiple levels of different 
concerns and intrigues there, I guess. But what are your thoughts, Rob? Do you think do you think humans taking it a step too Just far? Just picturing here? a pig with a human face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is not like the features thing is a is, it's part of the chimera. It can take on certain characteristics, and I mean it hasn't been done successfully yet, so we don't know, but could happen. It'd be pretty yeah. scary. But yeah, what do you think for that purpose? Do you think that's a worthy purpose for messing around with this kind of stuff? Uh, unpopular opinion, but probably, yeah. Fair. I, I think, well, yeah, I mean, often you think about it when you see it on bottles in the supermarket or something, it's like this wasn't tried on animals. But I am left thinking, you know, while that is obviously ethically really admirable, like you can't just try it on i don't know the risk is so much greater if you just try it on the human you, you never really know do you so i understand exactly what they're doing is technically scientific advancement but i also understand the fear that people might run away with it a bit yeah and it's it's tricky because the, the organ transplant thing as well is it's definitely more of a issue than i thought there's like a huge shortage for organ transplants and i think some of that we got some of the u.s stats They've got like a hundred thousand people waiting for a transplant, and apparently like mm. seventeen people there die every day waiting for a transplant. It's like one person in the UK every day dies waiting for a transplant. So there's this huge shortage of organs, and this is obviously if they can do it, it's it's a it's a way it's an effective way to save people's lives. So you can look at it like that, but then a lot of people have the converse view of who who it's the ethical thing, right? Who are we to say that our lives are more important than these animals' lives? Um, yeah, I get that. I would probably understand the argument that like, is it worth the investment more so because obviously it's such a difficult thing to achieve. And aren't they trying to develop human organs through different means as well, all at the same time, like three D printing organs, etc., which have Mm. like for the reliable investment for the next so one of the other reasons they're doing this is creating models to test drugs um and that is something they've been doing and by other means i think i'm right in saying david isn't it and yeah 3d printing put like tissue and testing specifically on tissue but to test in a whole organism is slightly different yeah Mm. 3d printing i think is quite a lot further off than this would be as a technology because it's very very complicated Uh, get a full organ working whereas this you have it still growing in like a, a whole biological environment inside a pig so i think even yeah that would be much better ethically to do it that way i think it's still quite a long way off and fairly unrealistic whereas this yeah still isn't happening but it's definitely more on the horizon but yeah there are yeah you can use it for creating models to test drugs and that is starting to be used a little bit now so you don't need to use so highly complex animals for this which is good so uh, some researchers have managed to grow um, human livers inside of mice and then giving drugs that are going through the process of development it's one of the main things one of the main stumbling blocks of when you create a new drug for a disease is when it goes into the body, it gets broken down into lots of different things and they're called metabolites. And those metabolites can affect um, your body processes and they can also um, influ- uh, have an effect on other things that you have. So it can affect your metabolism or the way your body processes other drugs or food or things like that. And it's very, very hard to predict. So you don't normally know those results until you start putting them into humans in early phase trials. But now with these 
mice with human livers, you can really accurately predict what's going to be produced by just giving it to them. So it's one way it's being used in um, drug discovery. So yeah, it can be. So that's another one of the reasons is testing, which I think. Do you think that's more valid, less valid than the organ transplant one? Probably slightly more. I think. Uh, well, I don't, I'm just trying to think what's the least harmful to animals. It's difficult to gauge, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah, it's the, the organ transplant one's very blunt and brutal because it's. Yeah. But I mean, it's no. In some ways, you could say it's no different to breeding a cow to being a burger. You know what I mean? Except mm. this is saving someone's life rather than feeding them for a day, maybe. Um, yeah. But with the testing, yeah. the testing thing, maybe there, maybe it's worse in that because you know that cow or that sorry that pig that's being bred for organ transplant could have the best life, and then it's yeah, we're also death. It depends on the drug you're testing and research as well. Because if you're just harvesting organs for transplantation, then you're keeping that pig in a healthy environment, like you said, all mm-hmm. its life. Mm. But if you are doing it for drug discovery, yeah. then you're giving unknown drugs. And even if it's just a yeah, human liver inside of it or something, then they're probably going to be under more distress than they would be if it was transplantation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's, um, let's step it up one more level in the do we think it's okay scale. <laughs> so so testing, testing diseases or models for testing diseases is another reason. And a kind of build on that is better understanding diseases but one of the ones they're looking at at in particular is alzheimer's disease which obviously we've spoken about before on this podcast and the need for it the lack of treatment the lack of cure the lack of understanding nothing we have works because we really don't understand what's going on so it's a good kind of way to test it but that means if you want to test a disease that's based in the brain that means creating a chimera basically creating an animal with a human brain which i don't know what you think. Is the, <laughs> the most complicated of all the organs to try and master well yeah but it, like i think that's why it'd be so useful to do if possible but yeah. you're then creating a, a pig with a human brain like that blew my mind when i read that <laughs> when you think about it i mean in terms if like i that, were a pig i i wouldn't be okay with being killed for my brain no, <laughs> I'd be fully aware of what's going on as well. Well, this is this is exactly, and this is exactly yeah. it. And it, your planet of the apes reference earlier comes. This is where it's real, a real thing, because it'd be a monkey with a human brain. But with the pig idea, like you say, when the the way you kind of assign moral status currently, and this is always up for debate. Well, it's not up for debate. People debate it, but this is the way, the official way it's done. Is it's it, moral status is assigned according to mental capacities such as consciousness self-consciousness moral capabilities which means in our eyes and there's a word speciesism because we've come up with this thing so and so it's kind of like we've decided it's this way because we think we have the most of all these things but so according to that a human has more um rights than a ape an ape has more rights than a monkey a monkey has more rights than a pig so if you're then putting a human brain in a pig, does it have the moral rights of a pig or the moral rights of a human? Because <laughs> according to the stuff I've just said about mental capacities, consciousness, self-consciousness, the logic is it would have the rights of a human. No? This is yeah. so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty... That, 
yeah, there's no way this is going to get allowed. Yeah, yeah, and that's well. You say that, David. What's the? Because different starting. countries allow yeah. different things, don't they? Yeah, well, yeah. So it hasn't quite got to that level in practical sense, but um, people have started putting human brain cells, so not full brains, but specific subtypes of neurons into mice to do some research. So the technology is kind of getting there slowly, but they haven't they haven't done it all the way yet. Um, but yeah, there are the rules, there are laws and rules kind of coming into place by different countries to preempt all of this coming in. So Germany and Canada have banned the creation of any kind of chimera, whereas Australia bans animal cells in human embryos, but not the ones created via the introduction of human cells in animal embryos. In the US, there's no ban on creation of chimeras, but restrictions on funding. UK, we looked up, but it wasn't very clear. <laughs> really? <laughs> Sounds about yeah. right for the UK, right? Hey? Yeah. <laughs> and then Japan's kind of recently changing. So in March 2019, it uh, modified its norms regarding research with human to non-human chimeras. And the new rules allow the creation of chimeras with human brain cells and the subsequent transfer of that creature to a uterus where it can develop for 14 days or more than 14 days all the way until term. So they've got the most lax rules out of everyone. And this is where that study came, the study we've been talking about came out of Japan, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. And yeah, it's been, it's been interesting because I've been reading obviously the articles online summarizing this paper that's come out and the comment section has been fascinating as you can yeah, guess. But... And it's been heavily, heavily, this is ridiculous. We can't do this. Who do we think we are to do this kind of stuff? Hate, hate, hate. Um, as I kind of expected. And then I did some more research on just like public opinion. And it was really interesting because, so they did surveys in Japan before they changed this. They did this public survey. Um, and that came out as 60% of the pub, general public support the creation of human swine chimeras. So Japan before it. And, and then they did a similar one in the US, except theirs took it slightly further. They said, 50, and 59% of people in the US said they could personally accept the process of injecting human-induced pluripotent stem cells into genetically modified swine embryos and having human tissues produced in a pig's body, then transplant into a human body. So they're happy with the whole process in terms of organ donation, which given the reaction to these articles, I was surprised at say the least i bet it's such a cultural difference isn't it because mm. whether whether one culture is more prone to seeing something as a necessary evil or you know if they're more liberal there's no chance those numbers would be the same in places like california yeah it would be interesting and yeah. i think also it's a sign it's indicative of who's reading those articles the types of people reading those articles versus these these surveys are just the general population um may also account for differences but i don't know if we were to ask just you know if we were sitting at the pub with our mates and just straight off the bat asked them that question what do you reckon they'd say i think that if you framed it as you're there in desperate need of a liver or whatever organ transplant or even you know actually if you think about the fact that two of our mates are diabetic mm -hmm. and they say to them you can remove your diabetes i think they probably would would say yeah I will turn a blind eye to the unethical nature of, of what's being built here um, and yeah. probably go ahead with it. But then when you think bigger on 
on that reality what kind of industry this new and insane industry you're going to be creating where people like jeff bezos want to live to 200 years old or whatever where they just keep <laughs> going through a cycle of recycling brains and hearts and livers yeah, yeah. and you know well, this is it's a beautiful link because that's what we were going to say we end on and on the lighter note because i guess like you're saying there and like we said when we're in that crisper crisper babies episode we were talking about is the future designer babies where you pick and choose your attributes in this case the idea would be could you pick animal attributes this is obviously kind of having a bit of, <laughs> bit of fun with it forward thinking could you pick an animal attribute that you have so we're thinking here like a top top three animal combos of the future <laughs> the example i saw quoted was um you could have a chimera where we have uh sonar from bats so you could use sonar <laughs> which is pretty cool i've always yeah. veered towards the site whenever anyone says if you're an animal what would you be i always go down the flight bird aspect so if yeah. i could get a pair of wings i think that would that would be my jam are any birds as big as humans? Like if you you couldn't have like a pigeon wing on you, <laughs> work would it? Even if you had like a condor, are they as big as humans? I don't really know. Yeah, that's true. So top three. Yeah, I would Why probably you, say. I'd pick mine. So you two can pick them. Oh, so do we have three each? No, no, no. no. We can, we can oh, decide. Right. I was about to get three. really carried away there. <laughs> well, we can. We can. <laughs> I was going to say flight, breathing on the water, and then Ooh. maybe gills is a great one. Yeah, yeah, decent combo. And then perhaps like the ability to carry water as much as a camel, you know, <laughs> that just that'd be pretty handy. <laughs> so you've got so you've got gills, wings, and a huge hump on your back. Not necessarily well, I didn't say I wanted the hump, but the ability. Right, right, right. David, I'm intrigued what you're going for. I think mine is completely um thought of just because my lo uh, recent injuries so it's all leg based to get rid of my dodgy ankles and get some better legs in so yeah i think i'll go kangaroo just because that'd be hilarious that's some kangaroo legs yeah that'd be cool yeah jumping thought you're gonna say a hoof or something so you just didn't have an ankle <laughs> yeah. they still have another way around that might be wrong i'm not I sure yeah i'm not sure david um, does look a bit like mr tumnus <laughs> <laughs> who's that <laughs> The guy from Narnia. Narnia. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, agree. Or something, I agree. But yeah, James McAvoy. We want to. You should uh, say that as a compliment, David. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's. Uh, we'd love to hear the listeners. Team team at sickofhealth.co.uk and at sickofhealth on Twitter. And actually, I forgot to say this. We're on Instagram now, which is exciting. Um, free posts in. Great content. There'll be a mixture of up and coming episodes, hark back to old episodes, and just interesting scientific stuff. Um, so yeah, get involved on that. That's sick of health as well. Same name. Um, but yeah, we want to hear your ones. So to to finish off, to finish off, lads, I'll give you. We'll make it simple for those. Let's break it down to the two things: mm. organ transplant and Alzheimer's research. So humans, human brains in animals. You just got to say yes or no to both so rob organ transplant so uncomfortable with the <laughs> the brain stuff yeah but yes yes to organ transplant and then to the brain stuff no mm. yeah yeah okay David, yes and no. same? <laughs> yeah i think i'm the same but it would have to be because 
they still think that some of those um with the organ transplant this they doesn't don't sound know. like a yes or no answer to me. <laughs> it's yes yes if it's clean technology because they still think some of the cells might go into other organs so right, if it okay. is just in the liver you get it then yes but no to brains no to brains despite no progress in alzheimer's disease it's probably going to be the thing that ends up killing us all once we solve everything else yeah yeah it's what's your perspective joe I I think I was not aware of the severity of the transplant issue. But then in my head, I was like, well, that's an issue we create for ourselves by advancing medicine so far. And then it got me thinking, is it just all a tumbling thing, a, a slippery slope thing where the more we progress, the bigger steps we have to take to the point where we just mess everything up? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't said that very well, but you get what I mean. <laughs> As in, we've created so the problem for ourselves by being able to do organ transplant. You see what I mean? And then the, I don't know, Alzheimer's is one of the, it's kind of, I'm so interested in that disease because we know so little about it. And uncovering the truth is such an exciting proposition for me. But the thought of having a pig with a human brain is way too far. So it's yeah. unfortunately a no. Um, but yeah. I think we'll we can leave it there lads it's a good place to end it obviously everyone else let us know your views and um we will be back in a few weeks episode three good start to the season though cheers lads sick so sick so sick of hell